and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We are here and it is the day after MLK Day. Hopefully everybody had a wonderful MLK Day honoring Dr. King. And we have a dream that we will make eight episodes for the Eight Passengers (laughs) series. And we're pretty close to accomplishing that dream. We are seven-eighths in as of today's episode. And I I couldn't be more excited. And I hate to say it. Well, I love to say it. The participation from our listeners has been off the charts. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've really, like, appreciated how receptive everybody's been to these episodes because it's been a lot of work that went into it. But like we said, we think it's kind of an important story to really tell in full. So it's been exciting to see how everybody responded to it. Yeah, and you guys are loving it. I mean, the responsiveness that we're seeing kind of across the country, even in different parts of the world. Now, usually we have, I have to say, and this is on a sadder note, usually we have participants from a place called Aarhus, Denmark. Yep. And we love our good old Aarhus. Oh, my God. And usually we'll fall off the wagon for a little bit with our recordings, and our house always comes back. Our steady. Oh, old yeller, come back yeller. Yep. They always come back. There are yeller and blue, I believe, in the uh, uh, Danish flag is yellow and blue. Mm. <laughs> so they're not just old yeller. They're old yeller <laughs> and old blue. And old blur. <laughs> <laughs> but we have not seen a resurgence yeah, yet. Yeah, we miss from you. From good old our house. I hope it's the fact that the SoundCloud statistics are off. I'll just Let's blame hope. it on Let's that. Hope. Uh, but hopefully y'all will come back soon and rejoin the Betsy Boss family because everybody across the country, I think we have a ton of new listeners all across the country. Things have just increased in a huge way. And I really wonder if other podcasts just aren't covering this story or aren't covering it as in-depth. Although it would be hard to be as in-depth as eight episodes. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we've definitely gone a little nuts on it. But when we get into a topic, and this is one I find interesting, it's just like I feel like we want to just do it thoroughly. Yeah, And if I were looking for something and I was really interested, I'd be like, oh, that's great. I have like a whole block that I can binge, you know? So... I don't know, but it seems like everybody's receptive to it. So Yeah, we hope you guys are enjoying it. We certainly are. We're learning a lot. And something new, like we've said from the beginning, new stuff comes out kind of every week. It and does. when stuff doesn't actually hit the fan during the week, like where it's brand new during that actual week, we'll still end up learning a lot week to week just doing yeah. our research for these episodes. So it's... It's really interesting. It's been a lot of fun. You hesitate to say fun. I know. It's like, it's, how do you describe ugh. it? Because it's, yeah, like, it's interesting to look into. But it's, yeah, fun's not the right word. But I think I think everybody kind of knows what we're trying to say. Exactly. So we can't wait to get started on this episode. But I also think, really quickly, we've got to acknowledge the gypsy in the oh, room. Gyps on the loose. Gyps on the loose. Gyps is becoming a social media icon. Oh my God. She is out here. She is loving life. I mean, she's smart the way, like, she just did a, a like, barrage of interviews and then they were smart releasing that documentary. They released it, I think, or docu-series. I think they released it the, the weekend after she was released or, like, they were smart on how they did everything. So I say good for her. She's taken advantage of it. Like take it in stride. Yeah. Like my gosh, you've had such a challenging life. And now that she's coming out the opposite direction and really embracing it and taking it in stride. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Really impressive. We wish her all the best. We wish her all the best. 
So moving forward from Gyps, and we will continue to cover her outedness because she's now been out for a couple weeks. Yeah. And we'll continue to kind of report on if things change and if she does finally meet Taylor Swift. I know. I know. Which we're all rooting for. Yeah, we'll see. So last week in this series, we covered Adam Paul Steed's story. And you'll remember, it's just a really sad, messed up story. It shows a couple different things about Jody, Yeah. And how she does not discriminate when it comes to her abuse. She discriminates equally against adult men. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she pretty much everybody gets targeted. It's children, female yeah. or male, and adult men. But then women are sort of left out of the equation. and But they are wrapped up into the abuse in a oh, sense, yeah. too. Yeah. And she was she pulled her whole classic isolate and dump situation with Adam exactly. and his then wife. She tricked the wife into thinking Adam was some kind of freak pedophile and that he was unsafe to be around their children. And got the two of them divorced. And really, she was very successful in almost ruining Adam's life. Luckily, Adam is incredibly strong. He's an amazing person and came out the other end much stronger. He's married to somebody new now and very happy, we think. But really, Jody is out there to destroy men of all kinds. She's just got this vendetta against men. We don't know what that's about. Um, We won't speculate about her sexuality and what that might mean for her but trust me everybody else on the internet is speculating enough for all of us yeah yeah so we talked about adam paul steed last week this week we're going to jump back in right where we left off on the timeline and we suspect that jody came into the frankies lives because we're going to reintroduce the frankies to this story we took a little break to talk about jody and how nefarious she is we think jody got involved with the frankies around 2019 specifically with a decision to send chad to wilderness death camp you might recall it was called anasazi sometime after that ruby and kevin started seeing jody again she was a therapist at that point for marriage Uh counseling kiss of death oh yeah any good marriage can go to hell with jody's counseling Mm -hmm. and this was likely at the end of 2019 or maybe beginning of 2020 now, hopefully, you'll sort of see why we covered Adam Paul Steed's story, just to show you an example of how Jody works her magic, her dark magic, mm-hmm. to separate these couples. And we'll pick right up there in 2020, which is when Jody really pulls Ruby and Kevin in. Yeah. So back in 2020, I think this is just interesting to note, you know, now, God, it's crazy thinking going on four years. Um, but some eight passengers viewers actually started a change.org petition titled Get Eight Passengers, Ruby Frankie, Under Investigation for Child Abuse, which I think is crazy that like this was being called out years ago. Um, and the description on this change.org petition was the mom of six, Ruby Frankie, has shown signs of being neglectful and abusive towards her children. Many of us think we see signs of abuse on their social media accounts and would like for Utah Child Protective Services and or similar to investigate check-in on their home life. Um, Unfortunately, this petition didn't get many votes or or signatures, rather. Uh, It was under 300, but I think it's just worthy of, of mentioning that like this was being called out for quite a bit of time and nothing has really been done. We move into July 2020. And Bonnie, this is Ruby's sister, 
posted a video about not doing sleepovers with cousins anymore. Oof. Yeah, which they're they're already and I got to say I do get it like this day and age I think people are much more aware and I get not doing sleepovers. Oh yeah, and we've talked about this yeah. many times and But family and stuff like I feel like that's different um than just going to a random friend's house. And especially in this case. So Bonnie has four kids, and they're similar in age to um, some of Ruby's kids. And each summer for, like, years, they would switch kids for a week in the summer. You know, Ruby taking the boys usually, Bonnie taking the girls. (laughs) Yeah. And remember, Bonnie's another vlogger, so viewers got to see these videos of them, like, switching their kids off for years so they're kind of expecting this and like so wife swap but yeah swap. It, it's it's strange um but i think that's why she made this video and after ruby's arrest bonnie actually said that that she made the decision not to do these cousin sleepovers anymore because she didn't like how you know crazy deep into connections ruby had gotten um so I think in the video, she probably just like, oh, we see our cousins enough. We're not going to do sleepovers anymore. But it was like, no, I don't want my kids exposed to this craziness for a week. So like, we're not doing this. But I think this really just shows you kind of at this point, we're in 2020, how deep into it they probably already were. And we know that sometime in 2020, Kevin and Ruby also began involvement as panel members for connections, retreats, seminars, you know, everything like that. And going back to social media for the Connections Instagram, you actually see a promotion that featured Ruby and Kevin as panel members for June 2020. But obviously, if they're kind of to that point, they most likely were involved for a decent time before that. And just a reminder, again, we've said it multiple times, but it's unethical to partner with patients in this way. But Jody was kind of skirting around this again by blurring the lines with this whole I want to say life coach but what what was the term she used something Fitness trainer or, yeah yeah wellness mental trainer. mental health trainer yeah something like that it was definitely trainer so kind of blurring the lines there with that yeah basically making up terms so that she can't be policed under any existing ones exactly so we come to September 2020 and this is the last video where Ruby appears with anybody in her extended family this was posted on September 21st, the 21st night of September <laughs> 2020, and it was posted on her sister's channel. The sister, Julie, who we talked about before pretty briefly, just to talk about all the different family vlogs that existed at one point. Julie later said that at that point, the extended family was to the point with Ruby where they were about to talk with her and do kind of an... Yeah, like a come to Jesus kind yeah, of intervention exactly. type of thing. And they were going to say, hey, like, listen, we don't want to hear anything else about what you're learning in Connections. We just cut the crap with this Connections shit. We don't want to hear it anymore. She apparently had been incessant with all the Connections talk at all the family functions leading up to that point. I mean, you can imagine what this is like oh. when that crazy aunt or that crazy cousin just gets on something and will not let it oh go. My God. And that annoyance, plus the fact that you know something nefarious is going on here. Right. Not only do you not want to hear crazy aunt Ruby going off about God knows what, but you really don't want to hear her praising this weird connections classroom where you yeah. know weird stuff is going on. Well, and I'm sure what some of the stuff she was saying, too, they were like, oh, alarm. What? Bells. Yeah. So Julie said that a couple weeks after posting that video, 
Ruby cut off all of her extended family, so all of the different Griffiths. Ruby didn't give them a reason for cutting them off or even have a conversation about it at all. One day, it was just over. She cut all of them off. And based on Judy's teachings, all of the extended family members were living in quote-unquote distortion. You'll remember this is one of her (laughs) big buzzwords. The truth is what Judy creates it to be. And everybody who's living outside of Jody's world is living in distortion. Exactly. Ruby wouldn't respond to texts, calls, any communications from her family. The only person that she did call was her mother. And that was a 45-minute call in which she accused her mom of a bunch of crap that wasn't true. So she just starts slinging allegations at her mom and... Julie was basically saying, the sister was saying that Ruby was pretty much trying to grab onto anything about her childhood that seemed a little weird and exaggerated. So really, again, taking a Jody tactic here oh, exactly. to just grab onto whatever, whether it had any credence or not, and blow it up, amplify it into something monstrous. At this time, the rest of the Frankies were still in touch with Kevin's family, so that's just sort of something to remember at this point, but... But it doesn't last long. Ruby made a statement that she was stepping away from YouTube to focus on connections, which is a big a big deal because this is supporting, you know, their whole lifestyle. And, you know, they obviously upgraded quite a bit from where they began when they first started filming videos to kind of where they are now with the bigger house and and all that type of stuff and her husband's professor career was not going to be able to support that so stepping away from this is like I mean I I don't think it was a good thing to begin with I don't condone putting exploiting your kids to support your lifestyle but you know for her it's like whoa this shows you how big this is to her that she's willing to just step away from that we now actually jumped I don't think there was anything really notable that year um so we kind of jump a a year ahead to january of 2022 so over that year though i will say like she i think still uploaded but it was like very infrequent and it, it just wasn't what it was before where it was clearly something she was making a career out of so in january 2022 we had the last upload to the eight passengers channel which was actually a video of ef's baptism yeah it's kind of a I don't know, like ominous, just looking at at everything now in that video. It's just kind of creepy. At that point, Kevin's parents were still involved. They were seen attending the baptism and uh, the party afterwards. But like we said, you know, it wasn't wasn't too much longer than they were totally cut off as well. Moving on to March of 2022, the neighbors said that they began seeing whose car frequently outside the Frankie's <laughs> home. You guessed it. Our girl, Jode. Sometime between then and the beginning of August 2022, Jody essentially moved into the Frankie's home, Ugh. which <laughs> is crazy. And talk about blurred lines. I oh, mean, my God. Jody has obviously taken some kind of interest in the Frankie's and has just implanted herself in their lives and yeah. in their home. And and you can see, though, like exactly what you're saying. It's like she's weaseling in more and more. It's like, you know, now she's infiltrated to the level where she's living with them. It's Ugh. just, it's crazy. But Kevin's lovely chatty lawyer said that she had actually fully moved in for over a month or more, which would put it probably closer to June that she was actually moved in. 
But nevertheless, you know, I I assume that before she actually like fully moved in, she was probably there frequently. And so that's why the neighbors were seeing the car. But the reason for Jody moving in was that she deemed it necessary to facilitate therapy between Ruby and Kevin like 24-7. And I guess their issues were so severe that she had to, to be move there. in with them, <laughs> yeah. which sounds totally constructive and oh, not yeah. overbearing at all. Yeah, definitely going to work. But as a note, remember this, and we'll we'll talk about this next week, but uh, a little um, aside is that her house just recently went up for sale. It was originally like $3 million or something like that um, like a couple years ago. It's over $5 million um, that it's selling for. So you don't become that rich off of charity. Yeah. That being said, remember this whole time that she's there, she's technically giving them therapy, I guess is the way to say it, or, or kind of advising them and everything. So she's getting paid, which is just crazy. And this is just insane. This comes from Kevin's lawyer. She forced Ruby and Kevin to live at separate ends of the house and only communicate with her present. That's insane. So yeah. it's very similar. I mean, I ringing was, a bell yep. from Adam Paul Steed over exactly, here. Exactly. Exactly. And Kevin's attorney also said that before Kevin moved out, Ruby would take off with Jody for days at a time and Kevin would just be home with the kids and like, not, you go? Yeah, not know, where'd you come from? Where did you go? Where'd you come from? Cotton, Cotton Eye Jody. Jody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, stuff is really spiraling, I think, really quickly all over. Uh, in 2022, I think stuff really kind of spirals very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And more on March... Ruby and Jody create a Facebook group. Oh, God. This is (laughs) humiliating. Called Moms of Truth. And there was a post on the Connections Facebook page announcing the Moms of Truth page. And we're going to read it to you because it's just insane. So here's what it says. New Facebook group for moms. Moms (laughs) of Truth with Jody and Ruby. Motherhood brings so much joy and it can also bring pain. We created a Facebook group for moms to have a safe place to get feedback from a principle-based approach to parenting. What do we mean by that? (laughs) Parents need more than hacks and tips to successfully rear children. Every child is unique, so you need principles that can be applied to any experience. Wow, that really answers it. (laughs) Yeah, literally. What do we mean by that? Well, here's a bunch of other flowery language that means nothing. Yeah. Then secondly, this group is free to join and Ruby and I, we can see who wrote this, will be available to answer your questions and help you create joy in your life and family. Okay, come join our cult slash commune. It's free. Something tells me until you give us money. Exactly. (laughs) And then finally it says, search moms of truth with Jody and Ruby (laughs) to join today. Does that not ring like boomer status over here? Like seriously. All you have to do is Google, is the sky blue? Well, the funniest part of this group is that the majority of people who joined only joined to troll the rest of the group. Duh, see this craziness. Hilarious. But the group, unfortunately, was private. So the administrators, a.k.a. Joden Rube, could kick people out. But eventually, they did get up to 13,000 members, which is crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. And even with the trolls, that's still, like, pretty impressive. And Jody was clearly right about glomming onto Ruby for her platform because look what it got her. Yeah. Like, she would have never gotten that. 
She probably wouldn't even get 13 people to join her group. It was just her creating it. Exactly. But they all see Ruby's face and recognize her and are ready to join. So many people would post questions about parenting in the group. And Ruby and Jody would basically provide these (laughs) answers in quote unquote truth. It's crazy. So, I mean, here's what's funny is like (laughs) basically – All of these posts, not all of them, but most of them were people making up different stories to see what kind of crazy connections bullshit they would get in response. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, you have people asking just like goofy stuff to see what kind of outlandish response connections people are Mm going to give. Well, and they'd also kind of bait them by talking about, you know, they'd be like, my son says he's gay, but I don't believe him. You know, like they 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 put stuff out there that they knew they were going to have some crazy response to yeah right. and ruby and jody also really frequently would post video covering different parenting topics this is the funniest oh part. my god yeah so these videos were filmed in jody's basement very professional oh, obviously yes. kitchen scene in the background right they'd be sitting on a couch and had funny 90s style headsets yeah on, which it's really worth looking up those uh screenshots the britney spears on stage <laughs> yeah. big little Oops, i did yeah. it again oh and again and uh, again, and, again. <laughs> <laughs> and later ruby joined the connections podcast too so clearly we're having just like this urge to merge here where ruby and jody are two becoming one just are involved in each other's lives and businesses to a t yeah yeah so the trolls also inundated the the google reviews with bad reviews for connections you gotta love the trolls. oh my god they were on it i mean and it was funny because again some of them did make up like stories and stuff like that in there but um jody this shows you just like how delusional she is she clearly thinks that the majority of people that joined that group were legitimate moms looking for advice Advice. right um she posted a video at one point begging people to and she started to get like mad she's like i don't understand why (laughs) you're not like there's so many of you in here and we only have like 10 Five star reviews. So funny. And she's like, please go and post five star reviews. Like, and it's like, you are crazy. You are, uh, I don't know. It it clearly shows that you have lost touch with reality. But an interesting note on the reviews, too, people actually dug up an old review from Ruby's brother, Bo. And with her connections fervor, I'm sure she probably referred him to Jody. And apparently he went to Jody and had a similar experience to Adam Paul Steed with Jody disclosing his patient info. Classic. Yeah. I mean, at least he he got on top of it, you know, and caught it before anything kind of further happened because I wouldn't put it past her from going to his job or, you know, God knows where. But what his review says is, I am very concerned that what I've shared gets gossiped about among others. I've scheduled an appointment that was canceled without informing me. Jody ignores my request for a receipt of services. Oh my god. And so I think he was probably trying to be very like specific with what he said in there too and not put any real emotion into it but just be like this is what's wrong. Yeah. And this his review was before kind of all this crazy stuff blew up with connection. So I think that's interesting Pretty spot to know too. Yeah. So we come to the end of June 2022 and 
At this point, Ruby changed her eight passengers Instagram account name to Moms of Truth. <laughs> yep. So we've got a full metamorphosis here from eight pass to Moms of Truth. And this is just, again, another example of Jody using Ruby's fame to take all of her eight passengers followers and convert them to Moms of Truth followers. Yeah. Even though, I mean, the funny thing is, I feel like those channels, it was a lot of kids or or probably now younger, like much younger adults that aren't even close to parenthood age. Right. And so the demographic that she's trying to target, I just don't think... I mean, there's definitely probably moms in there, but I think the demographic kind of leans on the younger end. So, yeah, yeah wrong, wrong person to mark. pick. So in the end of July and the beginning of August 2022, Jody, and this won't surprise anyone, told Kevin that he had to move out of the house. So doing her typical Jody thing, except now she's infiltrated the house. So she's in there and kicking Kevin out. And she said that she was doing that because he was poisoning his family and they'd be better if he weren't in the home. I mean, it's if crazy. you didn't hate these people for being such weirdos, yeah. you would feel genuinely bad for Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Like, flashback to him singing the song Low by Flo Rida. <laughs> right, to the um, PGA board or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, this is really sad. Yeah. And apparently, you'll never guess who, but Chad also needed to be removed from the house. You don't say. The original Jody victim. Right? It's unclear if Chad moved out exactly at the same time as his dad, but it does seem that both of them were out of the house together and they were likely living together in an apartment by early August. So, I mean, she's just making these edicts left and right and casting people out. It's pretty crazy, though, that, like, I do definitely believe to a degree that, like, Kevin and Ruby obviously and everybody they were on they totally bought into this stuff because he went along with it and you'll see by some of the other stuff we're going to get to in a second like it seemed like he really thought that Jody had the answer to fix his marriage well and that's the sad part right is like you know it's easy enough for us to say as people who aren't indoctrinated in this Mormon life and this Mormon sphere it's easy to be like, okay, come on, Jody. Like, it's clear what you're trying to do. You're trying to break up my marriage. You're trying to get in here and kick me out. This is all ridiculous. I'm not going to stand for this in my own home. But these people, like we talked about with Jesse Hildebrand, these people looked up to Jody and looked at her as somebody like a professional and more than that, like a Mormon idol to look yeah. up to. Another thing, not to get too deep into it, but the family is like the center of Mormon, not just Mormon culture, but Mormon religion too, to get to. They have several different levels of heaven, I guess is the best way to describe it. And to get to the highest level of heaven, only people that are married can get there. And if you were to get a divorce, you could get remarried again and I guess essentially get there. Um, But your children would then be split up. They wouldn't be sealed to both of you because you're divorced. It's all complicated. None of it makes sense. But if you really, if that's really important to you and it's like you're looking at trying to save your family for all of eternity right here. Yeah. So that's a lot of weight to put on something. And I can see, I guess, if Kevin really believed this, why he like was willing to do anything. Yeah, exactly. So it's important to sort of look at it through that lens instead of our lens, which is totally different and 
it would be easy to just kind of cast this aside. So at this point, Chad and Kevin are out of the house living together in an apartment. But then Jody comes in and says, Chad, that's not good enough. You and your dad living together is poisoning each other. And you need to move out and get your own apartment. Again, the separation, though, it's like she just does not want any from even Adam Paul Steed's story of not letting him, he and his wife speak. Same here with Ruby and Kevin. Remember Jesse? She wouldn't let them speak to any of the cousins in the house when they were there. It's like you can't have two people together in Jody's presence. Like she wants to split them up however she can. Well, and it's very much the divide and conquer kind of M.O. that she wants to accomplish by, you know, you can't conspire against me if you're never together when I'm not there. Exactly. So it's clear what she's trying to do here. And during Kevin and Ruby's separation, Kevin kept continuing the men's group sessions with Jody. So again, you know, things are getting worse and worse. He's getting farther and farther away from his family. And yet he keeps going to Jody's sessions. And it's unclear if this is true or not, but Kevin might have potentially even had a minder or a sponsor who was living with him for a set period of time. And you'll remember from Adam Paul Steed's story, he had somebody like this, a sponsor type person who he had to confess all his sins to. And then the minder would go and confess it to everybody else. That might've been even another layer of just the lack of privacy that Kevin had, the level of oversight that Jody had over him. It's, it's really scary. Well, and you have to think too, again, just going back to like, how much this must have weighed on on them, on Kevin. You know, if if he's looking at this like, oh my God, I need to live by myself and I have to have a minder living with me. Like, What does that he, mean about well, me? Exactly, exactly. Like what, wow, I really, I, I didn't think I would be to this level. I didn't know I was this bad. Like, right. yeah, it's got to be a lot of questioning your own reality and, you know, n- not trusting yourself at all. Right, and... Again, this just limits Kevin's social interaction at this point to people at work and the other guys in Jody's men's group. And again, I mean, those are like carefully monitored conversations that aren't really going to go anywhere deep or anywhere that Jody doesn't want them to go. Exactly. So he's pretty much in an echo chamber of other guys who are going through the exact same thing and are also being gaslit by Jody. Yeah, she's controlling like his whole life almost yeah and at some point in this period kevin stops working for byu and starts working for a consulting firm it's looking like at this point he might be going back to teaching at byu this year but it's not clear kevin's contact with ruby was at her discretion so it's all up to ruby it's aka jody aka jody (laughs) And it was mainly only every two to three months. Can you believe that? Like, what? I know. I know. So they have fully cast him out as a pariah. Completely. And I bet they're just calling or she's just calling about like some logistical something like we still own the house together. You got to blah, blah, blah. Like, I remember there was something about a roof. There was speculation about him moving out. And there was something about like getting a roof repaired or something. And people were saying, oh, well, he wouldn't be signing off or paying for the roof or something like that if he had moved out. And it's like, yeah, he probably would. Like, if he's still into this whole thing, Ruby probably is just saying, Jody said you need to do this. And right. he would. Yeah, she's giving him orders and he's, you know, agreeing to them. 
And during this time, Kevin has no contact with his children. And while he's living at the apartment by himself, he's giving all the money that he's making directly to Ruby, a.k.a. Ruby and Jody, mm-hmm. aside from basically paying, you know, apartment fees, basic needs, cost of living for himself. So it's really messed up. I mean, he's essentially exported and yeah. is treated as a workhorse kind of off campus, but the money's still coming in from his work. And it's just incredibly sad. And he's got no contact with his kids, with his wife, with anybody. Well, think of Jody in this, it, like in this situation here. She's probably like, I, I, this is perfect. I've got this all like oh, lined yeah. up exactly. He's bankrolling their life, but you don't see him. You know, he's not involved. She's got Ruby totally, you know, isolated to herself. Like she's loving it. Oh yeah, and I'm sure she's still getting paid plenty true. because she's true living. You know with those Ruby. Well, and also those corporate retreats for fi- almost fifteen thousand dollars. Oh whatever. my god! Yeah, exactly. You don't you mean fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine? Yes. yes, exactly. Ninety ninety. I 95? think five. Yeah, yeah. I like think that. we went like ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of retreats here, still in August 2022, the Moms of Truth retreat, which I would love to see what that looked Ooh. like, uh, was from August 8th to August 13th. Do you think any trolls went to this retreat? Because how funny. I know. I saw some some comments about, I think some people did sign up for like virtual stuff because it wasn't that expensive. These, I want to say... I could be thinking of something else from good old sister wives. One of the sister wives did a retreat and I can't remember if it's her I'm thinking of or connections, but I want to say it was like several thousand dollars to go on this retreat and you're just like going, there's pictures out there of it because they posted pictures to try to promote it. But it's like, yeah, we're just going into the desert with Ruby and Jody. During this time, Ruby, even though Kevin had moved out, she just continued on and actually left the kids home alone this whole time. And remember, I should have looked how old they would have been. Well, I guess they would have been the oldest one that was still at home would have maybe been 15. Which is still crazy. Oh, that's no. Yeah. You're going to leave a 15 year old to take care of six children three because chad and sherry were out but still but they were they were little i mean well 2021 ef would have gotten her baptism so she would have been eight so yeah eight ten twelve fourteen wow if that's how wow but so we move on into september of 2022 and sherry Again, she's the Frankie's oldest daughter and she's an adult. She released a statement via her Instagram saying that she was no longer in touch with any members of her immediate family. And while the statement was released in September, it was speculated again just on like what people posted and stuff like that, that she had cut ties with them much earlier than that, or at least a little bit earlier, possibly around the time when Kevin and Chad were kicked out of the house. But even though... You know, you would think, oh, well, maybe she connected with Kevin and Chad, but they were still deep into the Jody Kool-Aid. So she, you know, even though they were out of the house, she wasn't connecting with any of those. Again, ironic with the connect X's name. Yeah, should be not connecting with anyone. But um, not long after this, she did reconnect with her extended family and her aunt Julie, who we mentioned, uh, Ruby's sister. 
said in a November 2022 vlog that Sherry, who I think still is, but um, was a college student at the time, would come to her house every two weeks to do laundry. So it seems like she reestablished a, a really close connections with, <laughs> can't help but use the term So now, to speak. Uh, with her extended family, at least. So it was good to see that she at least kind of has that support system outside of Ruby, Kevin, and co. Thank God. Yeah. So still in September, this is September 18th, 2022, Sherry actually calls the police. The neighbors had alerted her that the children had been home alone for five days by themselves while Ruby was in St. George with her, who else? Her buddy, Jode. Just left them all by Just themselves bye. for five days straight. Yep. See you later. Sherry called, alerting the police, and she had said that she was concerned about them running out of food because... I don't think any of them could even drive or anything at that point. So, you know, they're stuck home alone. The officers responded and looked inside and saw the children on the phone, probably with Ruby, running upstairs to, you know, get out of sight. They obviously didn't answer the door. So the police wrote up a report and they spoke with concerned neighbors. But this was not the only visit by, you know, by far to the Frankie house. There was another visit that details have come out about that was previously in April 2022. The officers had responded to the Frankie house after calls about two children running out in the road unsupervised. Oh, my God. Which is great. They were probably just doing their shoeless workout that Jody had prescribed. God, you're probably right. But this was likely RF and EF, obviously. When police and DCFS arrived... They did not see any kids in the street, so they were kind of, you know, kind of stuck at that point. But they learned from the neighbors later that EF would sometimes go up to neighbors' homes in the middle of the day asking if their children could play. And obviously the kids couldn't because they were in school while the two youngest Frankies were homeschooled in quotations here. You know, whatever that actually means. Right. It's giving Natalia grace. Oh, very much so. (laughs) Very much. Or Gypsy Rose. Or Gypsy Rose. Yeah. But it seemed that EF was unsupervised because she'd just be seen like wandering the neighborhood looking for someone to play with just throughout the day. So I wouldn't be surprised if either Ruby isn't even there or is just so preoccupied with doing something with Jody. Like, who knows? The neighbors were particularly concerned about the well-being of the two youngest. When Ruby was gone, the two older girls were actually still in school So EF and RF were left home alone because they were homeschooled by nobody. (laughs) The ghost. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's doing that, but maybe the dog. The lizard. (laughs) The lizard. Right. But it it is really scary to think about. They were left there and they didn't have a cell phone and the house didn't have a landline. So God forbid something happened. Like. They were just kind of there by themselves. Yeah. And like no contact. And I guarantee Ruby didn't give them good instructions on like what to do if there's an issue i bet and at that point she probably had them afraid of the neighbors thinking like you know kind of isolating them like oh you don't want the neighbors to know anything that's going on or whatever so yeah that i mean they're lucky that that didn't in itself turn into a bad situation of them trying to use the stove or something or right i don't know that it could have been really bad there's a really interesting connection to gypsy rose blanchard's case at this point And at one point in time, Ruby actually had put paper all over the windows of the house. And Gypsy's mom had done the exact same thing after having DCFS called on her. 
again, just to block the neighbors from seeing what was going on in the house. Clearly, people are getting concerned. And the sad thing about this case is that police were called to the Frankie house 15 times over the last four and a half years. So that's a ton of times. And I I do have a comment on that, too, that I saw, which I thought was pretty insightful, too, though. I think several of these were probably viewers that called or somehow got them to go. And I I don't know what the right answer is, because, like, I, I think if you see something, you know, you should alert authorities to it. But I think by kind of all these calls, and especially if they're coming from viewers, they go over there multiple times and it's like, oh, another viewer called. Oh, we don't we didn't find anything like it kind of becomes less impactful if they're called when it's actually like legitimately something going on there. So right. it's like the boy who cried wolf. Right. Exactly. So I don't know what the answer is, though, because I don't think it's the right thing to see stuff going on and just not do anything about it. But it's just really a shame in this situation and if that contributed at all to kind of things not being figured out earlier. Ugh, yeah, that's really sad. And it's one of those things where it's like, what is the right answer? Like, if you are a concerned neighbor in this case, what do you do? Because yeah. you don't want to be just another one of hundreds of calls that are coming over. But again, you don't want to just let it go seen and not acted upon. So it's really, really sad. So um, it seemed like along with all of the viewers, neighbors were really worried and were telling the police. And so was Shari. And, you know, maybe she was hoping that a call from her would have a little bit more pull than a neighbor or a viewer. But well, I, I think it was like smarter the neighbors and like good thinking on their part too to call her yeah you know and I mean it's it's good I guess too to see that like they were looking out for them it just it didn't work this time this system yeah yeah and it was heartwarming though to see that neighbors were willing to put their names on the record when they filed these different reports so a lot of the time and I know I'd feel this way you know people feel like they want to be anonymous when they file these reports they don't want retaliation And in this case, it seems like it was so sad and scary and obvious to these neighbors that these children were in peril that they were like, hell, I don't care. I'll put my name on the report and I'll I'll add my name to the record. And when I file this report, I'm not going to hide in the shadows. I'm going to say exactly who it was. Yeah. And it it just reminded me, I don't remember... Obviously, after this came out, one of the neighbors was interviewed or something and they said that they were worried that, you know, they were seeing things and were so worried that, you know, the next time they saw these kids, they'd be coming out in body bags. That was like the quote. So, yeah, it's just it's really, really upsetting. Yeah, it's so sad. And the good news is next week we are going to wrap up this timeline through the arrest to the present time. And don't worry, because justice is served against these foul foul people and there is a somewhat happy ending for this family of children thanks so much for listening to today's episode of betsy boss podcast if you'd like to find us online we're on facebook at betsy boss podcast on instagram at betsy boss podcast on twitter at betsy boss pod and our email is betsy boss podcast at gmail.com Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) 